Welcome to the MHI Cast, the show where we talk to the industry's best minds to uncover their supply chain stories. We explore real world case studies and get unique perspectives on key trends and emerging technologies from every corner of the material handling, logistics, and supply chain space. Hello and welcome to MHI Cast. Today we're speaking with Kevin Reeder. Kevin is the Director of Marketing and Business Development for Canap. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Why don't we start with a bit about yourself. Kevin, just let our listeners know, what do you do on a day-to-day basis and what is your role at Canap? I'm responsible for marketing and business development in U.S. operations in North America. And uh, day-to-day, I'm involved in uh, all sorts of things related to uh, uh, new technology, new business development uh, in our market. And I suspect there are, are some listeners out there who aren't aware of this, but Kevin, you actually use your expertise in our MHI Solutions community. Can you explain what that is? Sure. So it's a board and it is designed really to, uh, to provide a, a, a cohesive community that is part member-oriented and experts in material handling, automation, and integration, uh, but also with a focus on our customer user community uh, so that it's a, an area where we can share common uh, challenges, uh, opportunities, and so on. Excellent. Uh, and, you know, one issue that the solutions community is particularly interested in is the labor shortage and specifically how technology can help bridge the gap and alleviate those challenges. Can you just paint the picture for us? What type of problems uh, exist and what are the problems that you're trying to solve? Sure. The, the labor situation is, uh, is getting quite critical. Um, on one hand, you have an aging population in the U.S. that uh, uh, is really creating a, a, a gradual, slow crisis point um, where there are less working members per household. At the same, at the same time, we have a, um, a market where we've got a full, in, un, a full employment and, and basically a, that's structural unemployment level when you're down to 3.5%, 3.4% and so on and less in some areas. And then you have a perfect storm in the sense that in warehousing, distribution and fulfillment center operations, uh, e-commerce has a very high labor content on the cost per order uh, level because the line items per order typically in e-commerce is 1, 1.1, 1.2. It's very low, and that requires more labor per item, less, uh, less of a, an opportunity to uh, optimize orders in a distribution or fulfillment center environment, the 9% or so annually. And, uh, and that uh, gives you an, an even more compelling image of how deep this problem is. Well, it's certainly something you don't want to turn a cheek to. So in the spirit of finding a solution, what kinds of real-time software solutions are you seeing out there in the marketplace today? And what kinds of advantages or opportunities do they provide? Um, I think the advantage from our perspective is all about resource management. Um, if you have complete visibility and control, you can do more with less. So it involves three primary steps in the process. Uh, 
planning, execution, and learning. Learning is less real-time, obviously, uh, although you're using real-time data. But at the planning level, you're looking at your order inflow, you're calculating how your system will operate, and, and how many orders you can get through in a given period of time. You're integrating labor and labor management in that process and other resources as well from dock to dock. Could be the space you have in the receiving dock, space you have in the shipping dock, um, how many order pickers you have assigned to a given area or unloaders or loaders in the shipping department. But you're looking at all those factors on the planning side. Um, it's a bit like a GPS in a car, if you think about it, right? Um, you plug in that you're in Atlanta and you want to drive to Fort Lauderdale and uh, it tells you to go this route and it says you can get there in uh, uh, 10 or 12 hours or whatever the time might be. And along the way, it sees some traffic and it says, okay, if you go this way, you can save 20 minutes. The same is true uh, from a, a real-time control perspective. The tools that we have available now will allow you the visibility to do that planning to, to suck down the, the, the fluff in resource allocation because you have a more real-time and informed view, and then to manage that along the way based on the multiple variables that happen from day to day. A piece of equipment breaking down, labor doesn't show up, things like that, and allows you then to, uh, to make cogent decisions that, uh, that result in high, much higher efficiency levels along the way. Okay, so what new software tools uh, are available right now at your disposal to, to help you better plan labor? Um, in this industry, in our industry, we've typically made a meal out of uh, uh, planning labor uh, based on labor standards. What about now if I can use labor actuals. So I don't use a standard for everybody. I'm using actuals on a per individual basis. Now I can schedule again more finitely and I'm much more accurate in the scheduling. I use less labor aggregate across my entire operation. So there's one area where this type of real-time visibility absolutely shines. Now we're seeing you know, anywhere in a labor savings standpoint, anywhere between five and 30% labor savings. Hmm, that's interesting. How are the labor actuals determined? In a, in a sense, it's, it's, uh, it's a profile, but it's matched to the type of, of handling that's being done. So um, at a broad level, you might be handling cases. The case rates and that differential is quite different than the each picking rates. So so it looks at the class of activity and measures that against performance um, in terms of uh, the volume of orders that are coming in, the volume of transactions, the type of transactions. And it grows that, uh, that uh, database over time uh, to look at uh, even what happens within teams, how teams work better together. That's more of the, of the predictive analytics side, the learning side. But it's applied then, those learnings are applied then back to the, uh, the scheduling piece. So it's, it's, a, it's a constantly evolving and learning type of technology. 
So imagine I'm a company who's wanting to implement advanced analytics for the first time. What is a good first step? Um, we typically map out all the types of systems and subsystems within a warehouse. Some of them may be real-time, some of them not. And we look at how and where we can collect that data in the most effective way. Uh, so that overlay might be talking to a WMS that does a deeper dive into labor. It could be talking to a WES that's collecting machine data and transaction data. It could be talking to wearable uh, subsystems uh, or a shipping system or even uh, a security system. Uh, so, so there are there are there are tons of different ways that these can be uh, uh, connected, and and uh, luckily we've we've come a long way from the perspective of the uh, integration with various subsystems. It's not as hard as it used to be, or painful, or costly for that matter. <laughs> so it's not it doesn't have to be an, an immediate fix to everything to make it all optimized and perfect, but you can still derive quite a bit of benefit by, uh, by putting one of these layers on and then uh, upgrading the, uh, the remainder of the pieces. You know, people love success stories, so I'm curious, do you have a success story that you're at liberty to share, you know, perhaps where a company used advanced analytics to improve their operational efficiency? Sure. Um, one of the, uh, one of, the uh, uh, kind of most cool success stories was... Uh, the uh, beta site for uh, Canops Red Pilot technology, and uh, we looked at uh, some, I think, five to seven thousand employees. The, you know, the rough numbers uh, across seven sites, and and uh, uh, we were looking at managing uh, this business from a control tower perspective across uh, a large section of their enterprise, and. Um, we were able to accomplish things, you know, in this development process, like uh, scheduling 150 employees in 15 minutes, for example, as opposed to the traditional mechanisms. Uh, creating bid uh, apps for young employees or employees that wanted to uh, swap shifts and things like that, and, and this this engine helped them manage that process automatically where possible. Uh, and the uh, the the resource savings had a significant uh, uh, impact on their P and L, um, and this is without automation. And and what what are the other applications for advanced analytics around the DC? Uh, we've had some case studies where we've uh, experimented with our Keysoft analytics platform and um, taking log data, transacted data that uh, is sort of a, a more of a free form of data as opposed to more structured data. And uh, using pattern recognition, uh, predictive analytics, we've been able to recognize that uh, some component failures were identifiable by sensor data changes, vibration, heat, things like that, and built... Um, maintenance and uh, technical modules and integration where we can, in, in fact, identify those areas of risk, schedule maintenance now on first shifts instead of third shift when the business volumes that we're looking at in real time are, are, uh, are lower than, than our capacity. 
um, because in real time we can see what is our capacity is versus our theoretical max at that point. Schedule those uh, those interventions, and uh, uh, the uptime is uh, also dra- dramatically improved. Okay, so one final question before we draw to a close: Can you use that information, Kevin, to to further refine labor scheduling for for maintenance? As you're looking at these modules, uh, we're evaluating who has the right skills to deploy the folks with the best skills and the best repair records to a given point of uh, point, place, and time where we we need uh, uh, expertise delivered uh, to accomplish a, a repair or a diagnostic uh, intervention, and and uh, you know building people's skill levels up because now we can see where we are short from a skills perspective and where we need to uh, provide training and uh, schedule training and things like that. So the, the types of things that heretofore were done manually um, and, uh, you know, that expertise that's, uh, that's uh, uh, scarce in many cases, we can manage much more effectively. So there's, there's a, a ton of, uh, of real and compelling um, reasons to uh, to engage in this kind of technology and and uh, and it solves a lot of real current problems as well as uh, I think uh, meeting future needs. Well, there's absolutely no doubt that the ideas you shared today make for an interesting and very very strong business case. So thank you for that, Kevin, and, and it's been great having you on the show. For more of Kevin's thought leadership and for more from the rest of the MHI Solutions community check out MHI Solutions Magazine. In volume eight, issue number two, Kevin contributes, uh, or contributed rather, an excellent article. It's called Software That Unlocks the Power of Automation. Encourage you to check that out. And of course, if you're enjoying MHI Cast, make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening to this MHI cast featuring Kevin Reeder. At MHI, we never stop exploring new opportunities to help you take your manufacturing and supply chain operations to the next level of success. Thanks for making us part of your professional development journey.